Thank you, Judy and Lance. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 16. We're still talking about his name is Abraham now. Well, in this chapter it's not. I skipped ahead on Wednesday night and they changed and God changed his name, but here he hasn't quite changed it yet. But he's in the process of this learning who God is and becoming closer to God and and what does this relationship look like and God is forming him and we get into this 16, 17, 18 chapters and God reveals, tonight we're going to talk about, but there's a verse in here where God reveals and he says, I'm going to give this to Abraham because he is going to pass it on down. And so there's... Anyway, that verse has just pushed on me this week that God really needs to... Why is God so intense on getting Abraham where he needs him to be? And he says in chapter 18, he says, because he will pass it down. And God is in the business of forming us, not only just for us, but for those who will come after us. So let's stand today in honor of God's word. We're going to read this together. And then we're going to read the first 15 verses of chapter 16. This is my Bible, the living word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth. It never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And the key word here is I. Perhaps I can do this. She has left God out of this deal. Abram agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abram had had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian maid servant, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abram, you're responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now she knows she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your servant is in your hands, Abram said. So with her, do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah... Where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now with child and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. 
and he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave his, this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. So she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Berlea Roa. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave him the name Ishmael to the son he, she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Let's pray. Lord, have your way today. Help us to not go about things the way we think they should go, but to follow the way that you would have us to go. And Father, today there is a way that seems right to us. But Father, we have to follow your word. And so Father, I pray that you would speak into our hearts today and help us to hear. And not to just be hearers of the word, but doers. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've seen this relationship develop. And it's not something that happens overnight. A friendship does not just immediately you're friends and you know everything about each other. A friendship takes many, many years to work out. And, it, and we see this in Abraham and God. Uh, it's a friendship that has uh, ups, ups times and down times. There's times when he uh, does things really good, and there's other times when he doesn't do things the, ra- the way that he is supposed to. But God is seeing if he can trust Abraham. He is seeing if Abraham is going to be the father of the nation that he has called him to be. He's going to see if he can build off of Abraham the nation that he wants to build. And God has a right to test and see if we're going to be what he has called us to be. God has a right to have our lives. He has a right to our lives. He has a right to put us through things so he can test and see if we're going to be what he has called us to be. He has the right to make us wait. Have you ever felt like you were waiting a long time on God? Have you ever wondered, God, are you hearing my prayers? God, are you really there? God, why am I going through this? God has the right to do that. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. And if we are his followers, we have laid our lives in his hand and said, we will do whatever you want us to. We have given up all rights to ourselves. So when God allows things to happen in our lives, we really don't have any reason to say, well, why are you letting this happen to me? Because haven't we given ourselves to him? And so when things happen in life, we we have to understand that all things come from God and that he has the right to put us through tests. And so this is what was going on. Well, today here in in chapter 16, it's been 11 years since God has made this initial covenant with with Abraham, and he still has no son. And he's he's told him over and over, you're going to have a nation that's going to come out of you. There's going to be this great nation, so many descendants that you won't be able to uh, count them. And I I know I keep saying this, but when we think nation, we think, well, we kind of need some people to have a nation. In order for there to be a nation, there needs to be some people. And he's 11 years into it. And we, in my mind, I think, well, if we're going to build a nation, let's get at it. I mean, let's, let's start having some kids and let's start. But God is more interested in character than anything else. God always builds character before he does anything else in our life. And God works on Abraham and Sarah's character and prepares them 
before he actually does the nation building. And so he has promised in in chapter 15, verse 4, he says that you are going to have a son from your body. And so he has promised him that he is going to have a son. Uh, and and, and, And he has also said back in scripture that the two will become one and so he is saying the son is going to come from him and sarah and so he god has been protecting sarah there's some couple of times that sarah got in some bad places and god protected her and he is saving her and and abraham so that he can have and make from them this nation but sarah feels like that she's kind of the problem and she forgets what god says and so she decides that she's going to help god out and uh she thinks that you know obviously i'm the problem and so i'm going to try to figure out a way that i can help god with this because this is taking way too long and uh so so god has spoken and said what he's going to do but sarah doesn't believe that and she thinks that she's the problem and so she thinks if i can do something different then then i could help god out and there's just no way in her mind what it is is she doesn't believe that god can do this through her she believes that somehow she believes that her husband who is very old would be able to produce a son but she can't believe that she who is very old can have a son she just thinks that she has come to the place where god cannot come through she's come to the place she has come and she looks at herself and she goes i know that god is the king of the universe he's put everything into motion he spoke everything into being he's able to do everything else but i am the one person that he cannot work through I have come to the problem. I am the one thing that God cannot overcome. You know, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty arrogant statement. But that's really what she's saying, that God cannot do what he has told Abraham he is going to do through me. I'm the problem. And so I'm going to have to figure out a way to help God out here. And so Sarah gets impatient with God's timing. And, I, and here's the deal. We, sometimes we get hard we, we're, we're kind of hard on sarah but it had been several years and when something doesn't happen for several years we we all get impatient and god had spoken and it just wasn't happening and and i'm not making uh, uh excuses for her but i'm just saying this is where she was and if she and she's thinking in her mind if we're going to do some nation building if we're going to make nations we need some people and it's not happening and I, I went to, uh, I got on my phone again, and I said, define nation. What is the definition of nation? Man, those phones are awesome. I love those things. If I'd have had a phone, I'd never had to went to school. Are you, you, why do you go to school anymore? Any questions you got? You ask your phone, you know. Eh, that's probably not a wise. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's pretty interesting. But anyway, this is, what, this is what the dictionary says. A nation is a number of people so we know that we know that we have to have a large number of people united by these things descent common history common culture and common religion 
And so if you're going to have a nation, they have to come from something common. There has to be something that is, is common to them. They have to come from a common family, a common history, a common culture. And so God is saying, I'm going to have a nation that looks like this, and it's going to be several years down the way, but they have to have something common. So God is saying, before I ever start with the numbers, I want the things they have in common to be put in place. I'm not going to take these things for granted. I'm not going to trust that they come down the road. And lots of times we're that way. We're like, oh, well, that'll just fix itself down the road. God says, no, I am not going to try to fix everything down the road. I'm going to start with Abraham and Sarah, and I'm going to get them where I need them to be so that the nation will always go back and have this common thing that will always be done. And he does not start the nation until the core is right. Does that make sense? Because he is trusting that Abraham, everything that comes from down down the road is going to come from what he has poured into Abraham. And he wants to make sure Abraham gets it right. And he says it again in the 18th chapter. Making the baby was the easy part. Making the parents was the hard part. Molding the parents into what they needed to be so that thousands of years down the road, the nation would be what it needed to be was the hard part. Making a baby, you don't think God can make a baby? You don't think God could, God can make a baby appear, all right? God, God has no trouble making babies. There's babies all the time. God has no trouble making babies. God has trouble getting people and parents and moms and dads and each one of us to be molded into his image so that down the road we can be the people God has called us to be. That was the hard part. The baby was the easy part. The part that they were worried about, that they fretted over so much, that they thought there's no way this can happen. I'm old. uh, She's old. There's no way this is ever going to happen. They fretted and fretted and fretted about the baby. God's not fretting about the baby. He's like, I can do that. No problem. God's not fretting about that. God's saying, is Abraham and Sarah going to be the parents that I can build a nation out of? Babies are easy to make. Parents are hard. And that's what God was working. That's why it took so long. It wasn't that it took God 20 years to figure out how to make a baby. He wasn't this whole time going, oh my goodness. I told him I was going to do this, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. It didn't take God 20 years and all of a sudden one day he goes, oh, I figured out how I can do it. Oh, I thought she was going to be dead before I got this done. Woo, glad I figured that. God was like, I can't get them to, I'm going to have to, and he works with them and works with them and things come into their life. Can you trust me here? Yes. Are you going to trust me here? Are you going to trust me to be your shield? Are you going to trust me? And he asked, he's worked, he don't, the baby was the easy part. It was getting the parents where he needed them to be was the hard part. And this is what he's working on. And so he is, the, the 11 years is not, here is not trying to figure out how to have a baby. The 11 years is, is forming the parents into who they need to be. Well, in the midst of this, this shows that they're not quite there yet. Because Sarah goes, man, this, this ain't working. God needs my help. You ever thought of that? God needs my help. He's not going to be able to do it without me. You ever thought that? You ever felt that way? Well, I just need to help God. 
I'm going to help God. You know, I don't think God ever wakes up and says, boy, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to get through this day without Brian. I just don't think that has ever crossed his mind, ever. I don't think he puts a second thought to me. I think he wants me to join him in whatever he's doing, and he's glad for me to come along. But if I don't get up and get at it that morning, I don't think he's going to, okay, we're just going to have to shut it down because I can't do it without Brian. Because he's just going to roll right on without me. You know what? If something happens and I don't make it through this afternoon, you'll probably have church tonight. You really would. It would probably be a joyful time and never, no. I would hope, hope somebody would be sad, but you'll have church next Sunday too. And everything will just keep right on rolling. God doesn't need your help. God wants you to be involved in what he's doing, but he don't need you. That's what's so great about him. He don't need us, but he allows us to be part of it. But Sarah thinks, I'm going to have to help God. And this is what happens. People around us, and and this is what happened to, to Abraham. People around us go, well, you know, obviously what you're trying is not working. You've been praying and praying for this for years and years and years. And what you're doing isn't working. What you need to do is this. And it don't matter if they've heard from God or haven't heard from God. They just speak their whatever into your life and say okay this is what you need to do they haven't thought about it sarah didn't think about this she just looked around saw what everybody else was doing said this is what we need to do don't ever speak into someone's life what you think they should do speak into their life what god has given a word to you for them to do and if god hasn't given you a word a specific word that you know is true keep your mouth shut okay we don't need people's opinions. We need God's opinions. And if God hasn't given them, shut up. I can't say that in here. Yeah, I already did. I think it's okay. God doesn't need our help. And, and Sarah has not yet had the encounter with God that Abraham has. And she decides that she's going to help. And I'll tell you what, lots of time our help is just straight up sin is what it is when we come in try doing our way then it becomes sin god doesn't need our help but we think that god needs our help and he needs our insight and that if god had our insight that things would be better and so sarah looks around and she says look there's this accepted i want you to remember this word there's an accepted way for me to do this everybody around us does it like this and it's accepted if you ask your neighbor if this is okay for us to do this is this is a way to build a family all the neighbors would say well sure that's a wonderful way to do that you don't have any children so you get your maidservant to have children and that'll build your nation we love that idea why that's the way mom and dad did it that's the way their mom and dad did it that's the way everybody around us does it it is accepted and so she comes up with this great idea and it's accepted and I, I cannot think that there's very many wives anywhere that liked this idea this is what's so weird about it but anyway it was accepted and so she does that and here's the deal i want you to understand this accepted does not mean righteous it just means it's accepted by the world it doesn't mean it's accepted by god it just means that it's accepted 
And so there was, there's a lot of things that are accepted by man, but it doesn't mean that they're righteous. Uh, you can, in, in the world we live in today, uh, you can marry a person who is the same sex as you and is, is accepted, but it doesn't make it righteous. In the world we live in, there's all kinds of entertainment and music and everything else that's just prime evil. And it's accepted, and everybody goes, oh, well, that's, you know, and you say, like, you know, the words to that are terrible. I know, but I like it, and everybody else likes it, so it's accepted. You can live together before you get married, and it's accepted. You can wear whatever you want to, and it's accepted. You can have it cut high and cut low and split to your straddle, and it's accepted. It's accepted. But are they what God has in mind? You can work anywhere or do anything, and, 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 and I, can, I can do whatever I want to, and, and everybody else does it, and so it's accepted. But is it godly? The world accepts all kinds of things and says it's okay. And we get in a bind when we start accepting things the way the world does. We don't trust God, so we do some of the same things the world does and what everybody around us does. And are you, are you, I'm asking you this morning because God was trying, to, I'm speaking to parents today, I just, I just am. But God is looking down the road and forming parents here. And he does not want them to do things the way the world does it. And he is seeing that if you get in a bind, are you going to bend to the world or are you going to stand up with what I say is true? And he is doing this in Abraham and Sarah, and he is hoping (coughs) that they're not going to bend. But she did, and he did. And we are feeling the impact of that to this day, and all of history and mankind will feel their sin. Isn't that interesting? You think that your sin, you think that one sin would not be felt through all of history. All sin is felt by all man all the time. And so, just because it's the accepted way is not meaning that it's the right way. And so I'm going to ask you today, are you living your life God's way according to his word or are you living it the accepted way? If you're a kid here this morning, the word says you're to honor your mother and father. But in the world we live in, it is accepted to treat your parents like they're idiots. If you watch TV or if you listen to any music, most TV shows and most music makes parents out to be fools. If you watch a sitcom, the parents are always idiots, and usually the man is the biggest idiot of all. It's just the way that it is. That's the accepted way, but that's not God's way. The Word tells us, I'm just naming some things. The Word tells us, and we're going to talk about this uh, here a few, a few weeks from now, but the Word tells us to tithe. But it's accepted that we do whatever we want to with the money that God has given us. Most people don't have any idea the blessings that come from being faithful with what God has given them because they live in what the world has said is acceptable. The world tells us to stay pure until you're married, but it's accepted 
to sleep with anybody you want to. The word tells us to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy, to, to set a day aside where we, where we serve God, where we give that whole day to God, but it's accepted to treat it like any other day. In the society we live in, it's accepted that we put aside everything for whatever we want to do. And we, if we get interested, uh, it's just, I'm, I'm telling you, it's interesting to me. Church is set aside for everything instead of working our life around what God, instead of working our life around God things, we set them aside for whatever we want to do. We work, we work, we are to work God, we're to work everything in our life around God. And people who are forming a nation, God, God, was, God was forming a nation out of this couple here, and he was trying to teach them that you don't go with what is accepted, but with what is right. Verse, chapter 16, verse 2. I want to read this. It says, So she said to Adam, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. In what universe do you think that this would work? In what universe do you think it would work for a, a wife to come to her husband and say, you know, I would like for you to sleep with this other woman, and I think it's going to turn out all right. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. And yet, th- because it was accepted, and, and that's the way we are. When we look at it in light of God's word, we say, there's no way this would ever, and we look at it even in common sense, we say, there's no way this would work. But because it was accepted, and we do the same things, as parents, we do the same things. We have, a, have, a, have a, a culture that we listen to who has made family into a shamble, but we listen to them and we accept their ways instead of the ways that God has. And I'm not trying to, I'm just reporting the news here. We listen to what they say about raising a family instead of what God says. I tell you what, I, I don't generally listen to people who have not been successful at something. If somebody, if somebody wants, you know, if somebody wants to tell me how to do something, I want to say, okay, have you ever done this before? I just want to know, you know. And, and if some, I, I'm not. I want, I want to listen to somebody who has done it. I've I, I told you this story before. I had a pastor friend. He said, I think I should be the district superintendent. And he had a church of about 25 people. And he said, I think I could really teach people how to grow a church. And I was like, you never have, so how could you teach someone else? I mean, I'm just that way. And, and we listen to a society who has ruined the family. <coughs> they have ruined the family. And yet we listen to what they say and we say, well, because it's accepted, then this is how I'm going to do mine. We listen to a society who has the worst record ever in parenting and we go ahead and live the same way that they do. We should never listen to them in the first place. We should say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to listen to what Hollywood has to say about marriage and family. And we sure shouldn't accept it. Abraham should not have listened to his wife on this but it said not only did he listen but he heeded there's two words there in the amplified it says that abraham listened to what she had to say and then he heeded 
And we listen to what the world says, and then we look around us and we see what everybody else is doing, and then we heed and do what is said. Not, not only did he listen, but he followed. And the world is always shouting at us and saying, do this, do this, and this. And we make the mistake. We make the mistake when we listen, but we sure make the mistake when we follow. And I just want to ask you this morning, are you living a life by what is accepted by the world or are you following what God has laid out for you and your family? We all struggle with, will we do what is accepted? Will we listen to what is accepted? Will we wear what is accepted? Will we take part in what is accepted? Will we live our lives as to what is accepted? Or will we live a life by what God's word says? It's my struggle too. I'm tempted to preach what is accepted. It'd be real easy just to come up here and tell you nice things every Sunday and not say most of the things I've said this morning. But then I wouldn't be preaching the word. Whether you like me or like what I say, I cannot preach what is accepted by society. I have to preach what the word says. And I'm just asking you this morning, have you settled in to what the world says is acceptable? Are you teaching your family that what is accepted is more important than what God says? See, the reason that God waited so long to begin what he was going to do in Abraham and Sarah's life was because it took so long to form them into what he wanted them to be. Children are easy. Forming parents is hard. Are you allowing God to form you this morning? I want us to stand. Lance, come. We'll get in the, into this more tonight. But in chapter 18... This is what Jesus says. I mean, this is what God says to Abraham. Chapter 18, verse 19. For I have chosen him. And this, this says, this is the reason I chose him. This is the reason I've chosen Abraham. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. He's saying, I chose Abraham so he could tell those who would come after him who I am and they would follow my ways. And if he will do this, then the nation will come. But he has to do this first. Parents, are you allowing God to form you today? God wants, a, wants to make a great family out of you. But it's not about having kids. It's about forming parents that then pour their life into their kids so that they know who God is. And this morning, are you allowing that to happen? Or are you just living the way that the world says is acceptable? We're going to open up the altars. And if you need to pray this morning, just come and pray and 
just whatever God's speaking to you, you know, you know what God's speaking to you this morning. I've just brought the word, so come as we sing. Desire.